Well, as you're taking your seat, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to the moms. Thank you to those of you who are women who are not moms because the world wouldn't work without you. And admittedly, this is a difficult day as a pastor to make sure that what is accomplished is the worship of God Almighty, which is why we come to church. But in doing that, simultaneously laying you at Jesus' feet so that you are cared for in the season that you find yourself. And my greatest fear is that I would miss somebody. And my hope is today that you would know that as a failed, flawed human being, I may miss somebody, but God does not miss you. He will not miss you. Today I want to talk about the tale of three women. Uh, women in my life and women in the scriptures in hopes that we would recognize who God is and what he has for you in this season. My mom um, was out of my life at about four years old. She lived homeless in Seattle, Washington for a number of years. She slept in the park behind a bench. I've seen the bench she used to sleep behind. She has uh, some mental illness and there are lots of reasons why she wasn't present and I'm sure there were times that she wondered why. What's the point? How did I get here? And do I have anything to contribute to my children? I'll tell you this. Regardless of the season she found herself in, my mom sewed into me this very, very important thing, which is to see people and to make sure that they are known. I have a deep desire in my soul for people to be known. You have a name. Right? It doesn't matter where you find yourself. You could be a drug addict on the street. You could be a CEO. You could be anywhere. But you have a name and were given a name by your mother and your father. She sewed that into me, even in the mess that she found herself. When I was in the fourth grade, my father married my stepmom, Marie. Marie did not sign up to have kids. It was not her intent to ever have kids. She signed up to have three kids. Not sure she really wanted him. Signed up for three kids that weren't really sure they wanted her. And I'm sure there were days where she wondered, what in the world is this for? But you know what she sewed into me? In the days where she wondered if this was worth anything or if it was ever going to be important, she sewed into me the ability to be considerate of others and the importance of valuing everybody. That was what my stepmom sewed into my life. I don't think she knew that's what she was doing, but that's what she sewed into my life. And then Joni. She was my surrogate mother in Hawaii when I was on the island. I did not say that on purpose. It just happens to be where I was. I'm going to get made fun of for that. But Joni was the mother of five. She's married to uh, somebody who's difficult to be married to. I don't want to badmouth him. He was wonderful to me, but I know the circumstances were not tough. Mothering five dealing with a marriage that was difficult to be in and is still. And do you know what she did? She welcomed me into her home. She allowed me to be a part of their family and she taught me something of love and compassion and generosity. She sowed that into my life. I did not grow up in a home like that. While she's taking care of everybody else, she's the ultimate servant, wondering what in the world, right? I'm sure there were nights she would what is the point of this? And she may not know, but she sowed into my life love and compassion and generosity. I don't know where you find yourself today. I imagine that there are times maybe that you wonder, why 
Why is it so difficult this season that I'm in? Why is it so hard? It's pointless, maybe. There are times where you wonder if the loss is worth it, if the difficulty is doing anything, if the hardworking service of others, especially if you had kids like me who were ungrateful. What's the point? My hope is that as we look into the scriptures, you're going to find out that even though these wonderful women who sowed into my life so many different things, right? you'll see that whatever circumstance you find yourself in, if you're a mom or wanting to be one but can't, not only is there a point, but what God is doing through your life matters. And what you are sowing into the world through his power and glory in your life matters. And it's greater than you will ever know. It's greater than you will ever know. We're going to look at three women from the scriptures. And then we're going to camp out in 2 Corinthians 1. Don't cheat and look ahead. You'll ruin the surprise. So we're going to walk through three women. The first is Hannah. Some of you, maybe a lot of you know the story of Hannah. The Lord had closed her womb and she was ridiculed for not being able to have children. They'd go to the temple and the scripture says this. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, it says in verse 10, In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. She had this deep desire to be a mom. She had this deep desire to have children, and she couldn't, and she would go to the temple as they normally would, and she would, it says, in bitterness of soul. I love the Bible because it expresses so well the things that we feel as human beings, right? Nobody wants to really talk about, right? We don't post this on our Facebook page. Last night I prayed in bitterness of soul to the Lord. We don't put that on our, on our status update. But this is real life, isn't it? And this is what her vow was, verse 11. She made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me. And she prayed for a son and she said, if you give me a son, his life will be for you and I will give him to you for his life. Now, I don't know about you, some prayers, I've prayed prayers like this, except what I really mean is, Lord, if you look at me and, and answer my promise, yeah, I'll give them over to you, but when it happens, I keep it for myself, right? She had a deep desire, and here's what she did. The Lord, in fact, did hear her. He did answer her prayer. And in verse 27 of chapter one of 1 Samuel, she says, I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked for, so now... I give him to the Lord, and for his whole life he will be given over to the Lord. And she literally gave her son that she prayed for to the service of the Lord. He went and lived at the temple. This is the great prophet Samuel, whom she prayed for. And I would imagine that Hannah wondered as she cried out to God, feeling hopeless, wishing and wanting. Not only was she willing to give up her son, she sowed into this world extraordinary faith, didn't she? And devotion to God. She might not have thought about it that way, but what we get from Hannah is what devotion to God, fulfilling and obedience to your oaths matters. Look at, think what she did. 
In this season of being barren and not being able to have children, God did something amazing and she sowed into the world faith. Maybe somebody you don't know as much about. The widow of Zarephath. You guys know about this widow? In the time of Elijah the prophet, Ahab became king. He was a wicked king. I can't wait to talk about him this summer. Ahab was a wicked king. Elijah... He was doing work for the Lord. He prayed that there would be no water. There was no rain for, for, um, for years, in fact. And the widow of Zarephath, as we see her come into the story, because of this, things were scarce. And so she was a widow. Her husband had died. It does not tell us how. This is in 1 Kings chapter 17. Forgive me. I should have told you that ahead of time. If you're following along, I'll give you a few minutes there. And here's what happened. She essentially was ready to die. She had enough food for one more meal. She had a son that she was raising on her own, and she had enough food for one more meal. Now, I don't know about you. I've, we've had some scarce times in our home. Right? I've prayed prayers like, God, if you don't provide, my kids are not going to have dinner tonight. Been there. I have no idea what she was going through as a single mom to raise her son with zero, one more meal left. She was preparing her last meal when she met Elijah. Elijah meets her. He saw her as he came into her town and he says, hey, do you have some water also, maybe some bread she says, as surely as the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread and only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. The desperation, times. She was resolved. She said, hey, listen, I've done all I can. I, have, I can't even imagine being in a place as a mother to have one more meal, resolve knowing you're making your son and yours last meal in order to breathe your last. Do you know what she sowed into the world? <laughs> Generosity for others, even at the expense of oneself. Do you know what she did? She, Elijah told her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you've said, but first make a small cake of bread for me. Sounds jacked up, right? Hey, the Lord's going to take care of you, but hey, make sure that you feed me first. Spoken like a true man. That's a joke. The Lord had told him he was going to provide for him. This was provision. And on top of that, she submitted, she surrendered to this, gave her last meal to Elijah, and then God provided food for her until the, the drought and all the things of the family was, was done. She sowed into the world in a moment of desperation and hopelessness, trust in the almighty God to provide everything for her. She sowed this into. Now, I don't think she was thinking about it that way. But if God said it, so be it. And she went and did it. The third woman is somebody that you are very familiar with. See, because Mother's Day is not always about, it's not always bad, right? We don't always have these stories. This is not everybody's story. How about Mary, the teenage mom? This is the mother of Jesus. 
And this was something that she celebrated. In fact, all the things that were told to her, she hid them in her heart. She sang songs about it. And she celebrated what God was doing. But I got to tell you, even in the midst of the celebration, it's not like it came at a really convenient time. Right? Mary carried Jesus before she was married. But she celebrated and she sowed into the world through the power of God, the Son of God, who gives hope to everyone. And in each of these, we find a strength, we find a surrender, we find trust in God, we find humility, we find courage that they sowed into the world by submitting to the powerful God that they served. And everybody that was around them was affected by those things. I think it's silly, to be honest. When, you know, as men, we can get very macho. We like to bang our chest. But here's the thing. None of us would be here had it not been for a mother. I would not have breath in my lungs had it not been for a mother. No matter how powerful or wonderful or gracious or kind or mean or rude or whatever kind of leader a man thinks he is, without a mother, he wouldn't be here. Now, I'm not saying that to place value or devalue anybody. I'm simply saying that these women that we see, either in my life or in the scriptures or those of you in this room, not just have value in the world, but you are necessary for the world to work. And whatever season that you find yourself in, however you come in this morning, lamenting or celebrating or grieving or dancing or any of those things, the season that you are in matters because God will use you to sow into the world these same things. And it's hard to see it that way, isn't it? Let's look at 2 Corinthians. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 for me. This is Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth. And after he gives his greeting, it says this in verse 3. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3. It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just on a Sunday that we're to praise God. It's not just one day a week that we praise God. These women praised God. Hannah praised God. She was at the temple praying. She was lamenting, but she was praising God. The widow was surrendered and resolved. Mary, praising God. He's the father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in some of our troubles 
He comforts us in the worst troubles. He comforts us. No, it says in all of our troubles. It means that whatever season of trouble you might find yourself in, our God is a God of comfort, able to enter into that with you in famine and drought in an unexpected pregnancy in a place of hopelessness and despair and in celebration. The God of all comfort is able to enter right into the middle of that. That's what that's about. And there's a reason. There's a reason. Because I think we can all be honest that sometimes we don't know the reason. Can we all agree on that? We can all agree that some of these things we're talking about, whatever you bring in this morning, you can agree that sometimes you're like, God, I'd like to know what's up because I can't understand what in the world you're doing right now and I'm not really comfortable with it, to be honest with you. Have you had those moments, Mom? You're saying, God, hey, yeah, 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 you're great and all, but I sure would like to know why. God, I know you're worthy, but I still am uncomfortable. I'm not quite sure what this is about. And it says this, so that the reason for all these things is so that we can comfort those in any trouble with comfort we ourselves have received from God. And right about now, you might be saying, thanks, but no thanks. Hey, that's real great for somebody else. God, I'd rather not go through it and not be able to comfort somebody else. That sounds way better than having to endure and see the power of God at work and going through it so that somebody else is gonna get the benefit? Here's the problem. This book and this story is about one. It's about the glory of God. And God cares about his glory more than he cares about our comfort. I don't say that to be harsh. Please don't hear that. What I do mean is that he will use your story as broken or as joyful as it is in order to build others up. Because you as women are strong and steady and are vessels that God can use to strengthen other people and to build into the world faith and joy and hope and mercy and compassion. And he says, so because I'm a God of all comfort, I take these things so that others may be comforted too. He doesn't waste your story. God doesn't waste your story. He doesn't waste your season. He doesn't waste your circumstance. He goes on to say this, for just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. Go read Isaiah 53. By his stripes, his wounds we are healed. As the suffering of Christ produced salvation in others, so God can take your season and circumstances and sow into the world faith and comfort and joy and mercy and all the things. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. Let me address the kids. How many of you are kids? Everybody raise your hand. What has been produced in you most likely came from the suffering of somebody else. Paul's acknowledging this. As, as kids, you might not like your parents. You might not like your mom. In fact, you might be here begrudgingly because your mom told you or made you or it's the one day a week she finally got you to get here, whatever it is. 
But let me tell you, her suffering is producing something in you, even if you don't know it right now. And moms, I'll tell you, if that's the point, what you are allowing God to do through you matters more than, than you will ever know in the current situation that you're in. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, we also share in your comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. And the moms may say amen. Indeed, our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Are there relationships that are dead in your life? Listen, he's talking about the dead, dead, real dead. These things are always meant. In every story that you heard in the Bible, Hannah, the widow, Mary, they all had to rely not on themselves, but on the power of God. That same power that raised Jesus, the same power that raises us with him. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and we, he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the generous favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Listen, because of what God does through you, I wonder how many might come to know Jesus because of your faith and endurance and perseverance. Now, I know that's not about, about you per se, but God is using you in order to sow these things into the world. I know a woman who raised two girls on her own after terrible trauma and abuse, and she wondered why. There were times where she felt it was pointless and I've watched this same woman be used over and over and over in a way that only she can because of her particular circumstances. I've watched the God of all comfort who had comforted her and taken her through the circumstances be able to give hope and purpose to other people that were in very similar circumstances that Another mom wouldn't have been able to do or a man would not have been able to do. But because of the faithfulness and power of God in her life, she sowed into the world some things, strength and courage and endurance and perseverance. And other people have hope because God used her story. And I wonder what God might do in your circumstances what he might sow into the world through you. We'll finish with this and we're gonna have a time of extended prayer. But I want you to hear this and I may have to read it just so I don't mess it up. But I want you to know this, that your value as a woman is not wrapped up in whether or not you have it all together. But you have something to offer in your struggle, in your celebration or your pain. God built you to be strong and enduring graciously showing and teaching the world about faith and mercy and compassion through you. It's okay that you don't have it all together. It's okay that you feel like a failure 
It's okay that everybody's needs are not met on every single minute of every single day. It's okay that the house isn't kept. It's okay that you can't get dinner all the time. It's okay that you don't meet the needs of whoever all the time. Your value is not wrapped up in whether or not you are perfect or always put together. Moms, listen. Your value is in how you take the circumstances and sow into the world faith and surrender and obedience and courage and grace and compassion. Because God is going to use you to change the lives of other people, whether you know it right now or not. And I hope that today, that you will feel wrapped up in his arms, that you will know that your season is not being wasted, but being used by the power of God to affect the lives of everybody that you're around. His power's at work in you too. Here's what I'd like to do. I struggle to figure out the best way to lay you at Jesus' feet, so all I know what to do is to lay you at Jesus' feet. I'm gonna ask those who are helping with prayer to come forward. We end our service this way all the time, but we're gonna extend this time a little bit. Those of you who are helping with prayer today, come make your way up to the front here. And what we're gonna do is this. If you wanna come forward for prayer, you may. Please. But as a church, I'm not gonna ask you moms to stand up or to, but we are gonna pray specifically for you through a few things. So if you bow your head and close your eyes, Church, I would, we're gonna do something that might be uncomfortable for some or might be weird for some, but that's okay. All I see it as incense rising to the Lord. So we are gonna pray as a church out loud if you feel comfortable for the moms in our room and for those who maybe want to be. If you would, church, the first mom, I would love to pray for the mom who is grieving the loss of a son or daughter or even their own mother. Would you, can we pray for them now out loud for comfort and strength? God, we just ask that you would care for these moms who have suffered loss. Oh God, who may have felt weak and alone. Father, that you take their grieving and turn it into celebration, Lord they would feel the very hand of God in their life. And let's change, in, uh, for those who desire to be moms that aren't, for whatever the reason, let's pray for faith and strength for them. Oh Lord, that you would take them from where they are, that you would help them to sit and surrender in you as they did. Oh God, they would trust you, and that you would use them and can we pray for those who are raising children on their own for whatever the reason oh God we pray for a double portion we pray for perseverance and strength over them God, that you would give them more than they have. And for those who maybe carry shame into this space, in your house, God, 
Church, would you please pray that the salvation and mercy and forgiveness of God would be made known and clear to them in this moment. Father, that there is nothing outside of your reach. God, there is nothing outside of your powerful hand that can't be redeemed and remade. And for those who are celebrating, oh God, we thank you for the seasons of celebration. We thank you, Father, that you have given them this time, that it would be sweet and wonderful and filling. As we sing this last song, I would ask if you still would like to pray. We have folks that will be praying here and even after the song that they'll be over here in the corner. God, we ask that you, the God of all comfort, would now reach down into the lives of these wonderful women and that you would comfort them where they are, that you take hold of them and that you wrap them up in tenderness and kindness and compassion and that you would be glorified, God, and how they sow into the world faith and surrender and obedience in their season. Be glorified, Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name. If you need to pray, please come forward.